All right, let's pray, shall we? Father, we thank you that we can just join together this afternoon and uh, just be together as the family of God. And we pray now that as we gather around your word, that God, it would be a lamp to our feet, a light to our path, that uh, not only would you encourage us from your word, but you would challenge us to live lives that are really glorifying to you. And we just ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. So I, I like films. And uh, one of the really incredibly uh, confronting films of the last five years was the 2016 film Hacksaw Ridge. And uh, it's based on the true story of Desmond Doss. My wife loves true films. Doesn't matter how gory they are. Uh, she watches all the World War II ones and the, and the like. And, and this one was great. It was the story of Desmond Doss, the, the first conscientious objector to receive America's highest award, which is the Congressional Medal of Honor. Uh, Doss was a Seventh-day Adventist, and he didn't carry a gun into battle, and during his training he was beaten up by various members of his platoon, but as a medic on his first deployment, he personally saved 75 men on Okinawa during one of the bloodiest battles of World War II, and he became a decorated hero. One of the scenes that absolutely stuck in my mind was a scene where his platoon are waiting to climb up uh, the cliff face to the raging battle above them. And these men who had once jeered and despised Doss refused to go into battle till Doss had played for them. What the hell is your delay, Captain? We're waiting, sir. Waiting for what? Private Doss. Who the hell is Private Doss? I always dreamed about being a doctor, but I uh, didn't get much school. I can't stay here while all them go fight for me. But you figure this war is just going to fit in with your ideas? While everybody else is taking life, I'm going to be saving it. That's going to be my way to serve. This is a personal gift from the United States government designed to bring death to the enemy. Well, I'm sorry, Sergeant. I can't touch a gun. She don't kill. No, sir. You know, quite a bit of killing does occur in war. Private Doss does not believe in violence. Do not look to him to save you on the battlefield. I don't think this is a question of religion. I think this is cowardice. I'll be in love with you because you weren't like anyone else. Saying you could go to prison. I don't know how I'm gonna live with myself if I don't stay true to what I believe. With the world so set on tearing itself apart, doesn't seem like such a bad thing to me to want to put a little bit of it back together. Private Doss, you are free to run into the hellfire of battle without a single weapon to protect yourself. You got to see. Who did this? That's the car. We have to go back up tomorrow. And they're not going to go up there without you. Help me. You'll 
get one more. I don't know whether you realise it, but uh, we're in a battle, and the battle is probably even more real than um, the physical battle which you see on your screen because the um, Bible tells us that our fight isn't against flesh and blood, but against, it's against powers and principalities. <clears throat> That's really, really where the battle uh, starts and, and ends. Um, when Jesus confronted Saul on the Damascus Road, he said, I am sending you to them to open their eyes and turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan to God so that they may receive forgiveness of sins and a place amongst those who are sanctified by my faith. And 2 Corinthians 4, 4, it says, The God of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers so that they cannot see the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ who is the image of of God. It's really important for us to recognize and understand that people who aren't saved, uh, they have their eyes blinded so that they can't see, they can't understand. And our calling is to rescue as many as possible. I love that prayer that um, Doss prayed, Lord, help me get one more. Help me get one more. And that should be the prayer which is really, really burning on our hearts. So as a university student, when I asked Jesus Christ to come into my life, it was like the scales absolutely fell off my eyes. And I began to see and understand things that I'd never seen before. And I was brought up in a Presbyterian home. Uh, we always went to church. Uh, but it wasn't till I was actually born again that all those scriptures that I had heard over the years as a kid that meant nothing at the time, suddenly they came alive and I knew what God was saying to me through them. And many of you would have had exactly that same experience. Mark 1.17 says, come follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. Jesus' mission was to seek and save those that are lost. And the interesting thing is the more and more that you engage in the mission field, the more that incredible things happen. Most Bible miracles actually happened in the marketplace. Very few of them happened in church. There's a couple but most of them actually happened in the, market, in the marketplace. I was reading the other day of a guy by the name of Pastor Juan Zuccarelli. Uh, in 1983, he was walking in the city of La Plata, which is in Argentina, and God spoke to him and said, hey, I want you to go and minister to prisoners. And he rejected that idea to start off with because he didn't have any association whatsoever with any prisoners. But anyway, he and his wife began to pray about this. And so they decided that they would start praying for the worst of the prisons that was there. And that was the Olmos prison. And Olmos prison was one of the um, high security prisons in Argentina. It was full of murderous inmates. And the, the Church of Satan held regular services at this prison. And as far as I know, there was no Christian inmates at that um, prison. 
but he believed that that was where God was calling him to minister to. So he tried to get entry to hold meetings, but was refused. He applied to be a guard, but they didn't want him. So he just kept on praying. And God actually orchestrated a breakthrough because one time, uh, Pastor Juan just happened to be at the prison when a prison officer went into asthmatic arrest and began to suffocate. Juan laid his hands on the man and God healed him straight away. And because of that miracle, uh, they gave Pastor Juan a job. And he started holding evangelistic meetings in the prison, and hundreds of inmates got saved. Uh, In a few years, 60% of the inmates in that prison had got saved. Uh, The Church of Satan closed down. Uh, Olmos became one of the largest prison churches in the world, 1,450 members. Wow, that's a pretty big congregation, isn't it? Absolutely amazing. And the the saved inmates were so passionate about Jesus that they got themselves transferred to other prisons so that they could spread the gospel. That's a pretty good way of evangelism, isn't it? And uh, so other prisons got, um, got renewed as well. Soon the authorities in Argentina asked Pastor Juan to start the first Christian prison unit in the nation called Christ the Only Hope Prison. Uh, Repeat offending amongst prisoners in that prison dropped from 50%, which was the norm, to 5%. The inmates in that prison fasted two days a week and with the savings they fed hungry children. Wow, lives were totally transformed. And it all started with prayer and God responding to those prayers with miracles. You know, all of us can pray for our unsaved friends. All of us can pray for our neighbors. All of us can pray for our workmates. We can pray for our street. We can pray for our city. And so I'm praying for four of my unsaved friends and I'm looking for opportunities to take the next step with these ones which is caring and sharing remember last week we did um, praying caring and sharing and when you pray not only do you move God but God moves you and as he shares his heart with you he'll, he'll give you God ideas as to how you can minister his love, acceptance, and forgiveness out in the marketplace. If you want to see God's power move through you, pray, and then step into the market field, the harvest field. Uh, Remember, Jesus said that we will receive the Holy Spirit, and after we receive the Holy Spirit, we'll be his witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the ends of the earth. So the Holy Spirit is given so that we can be witnesses. God's power flows when we step out in faith and let God use us as a witness because there is no other name 
under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. The only way that people can get saved is through Jesus Christ. And that's got to burn in our hearts. The only way to God is through Jesus Christ. And people won't hear about Jesus unless somebody tells them. And most likely, if you're living in a street surrounded by unsaved people, that person to tell them is going to be you. Got to find a way. Got to start praying. Make a list. Go for a prayer walk around your neighborhood. But pray and then look for opportunities to care. Often people don't care what you know until they know that you actually care. And Jesus said, everybody will know that you're my disciples if you love one another. And so it's that love of God that opens doors. Jesus said two, two greatest commandments. First of all, love God. Secondly, love your neighbor as yourself. Many people love God. Not too keen on their neighbor. I mean, how many people, don't put your hands up, but how many people have got neighbors from hell? Yeah, one or two of them. Well, the reality is, it's not our love that God is asking us to love them with. It's his love. It's his love. Um, I was saying to the team this morning, "My, my wife is really, really, really lovable. Everybody loves Penny. Not everybody's like Penny. And, but God gives us the strength. He gives us the wherewithal. He gives us the power to love the unlovely, to show them. In fact, you'll generally find it's, it's the ones that you have the biggest problems with that your light's going to shine the brightest. In... 1970, a man called Dr. James uh, Engel, who was a behavioral psychologist, suggested that salvation was a process rather than just a one-off event. And he suggested a scale of minus 10 to 10, which is uh, simply being modified. And uh, this modified scale that I put up here at the very bottom starts, born with a God vacuum. In other words, someone at minus 12 uh, hasn't got a clue that there is a God. And they're not interested in that. And it goes all the way up to repents and trusts Jesus, which is at zero. Uh, And then goes up to experiencing life changes and and the whole pile of things. But the reality is, um, the simple thing is about this, that people are different. And everybody is at different stages of their God awareness. And when we witness we're not necessarily moving people from minus one to zero to plus one. We might be moving people from minus 12 to minus nine. We're just moving them one step closer to God. And uh, I think it was the Apostle Paul who said, you know, one person uh, sows, another one waters, another one reaps. And that's the process uh, that happens. And so in your praying for your friends and your neighbors and your workmates, and you're caring for friends, neighbors, workmates, look to be the witness that will move them one step closer. Just one step closer. 
just one step closer. Jesus said, uh, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. In other words, good works point people to Jesus. Good works point people to Jesus. Sometimes you don't have to give a gospel presentation. You just have to do some good works. When you are radically different at work, when you are loving, kind, caring, hardworking, diligent, don't gossip, don't criticize, arrive at work on time. Wow, that's salt and light. In fact, Christians should be the blessed employees in the nation. People should want to hire Christians because of their work ethic. You know, unfortunately, some people are non-Christians because they haven't met a Christian. Other people are unbelievers because they have met a Christian. And that's a sad thing. That's a sad thing. So we need to get that one sorted out. Uh, in September, I think it's around about the 21st, uh, we've got Fongray Primary School coming here for a week to do their biennial production. What a pain that is. Everything gets messed up. The stage gets messed up. We can't hold our normal meetings during the week. The place is full. There's no, there's no place to get quiet. This running ragged, riotous with kids and teachers and parents and everything. Why would we bother doing it? I'll tell you why. Because we've been praying for that primary school for years. We've got two chaplains in that primary school. We want them to come in. For some people, for some parents, this will be the first time that they've actually been in a church. And so we want to build a bridge. We want them to walk in that door. and they want, they, We want them to see things that will cause them to take one step closer to the Lord. We want to serve the teachers and the kids when they come in here. So they think, wow, we don't charge them. To use the building. Other places do. We don't. Because we want to bless them. And we want to be a blessing. And we believe that as we do that, it'll open them up so that we will have other opportunities to be able to speak into their lives. So, if you can serve in any way during that week, I think it's the week of the 21st of um, September, please just let um, Penny or the info desk know uh, or Chris, and um, we're going to be doing a whole pile of bits and pieces. We, and also, we want some ideas as to what we could do that would just really, really, really bless all these people when they come into our building for that week. Amen? All right. Lead singer of DC Talk said, The greatest single cause of atheism in the world today is Christians who acknowledge Jesus with their lips, walk out the door, and deny him with their lifestyle. That is what an unbelieving world simply finds unbelievable. You know, loving, praying, caring will lead to opportunities to share 
your testimony to share how knowing God has changed your past, your present, and your future. 1 Peter 3.15 says, Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect. So if you're downtown and someone asks you, why are you a Christian? What would you say? In 30 seconds, what would you say? It's worthwhile sitting down, praying, and writing out 30 seconds of how you would respond if someone asked you why you are a Christian. Uh, the Apostle Paul said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God for the salvation of everyone who believes, first the Jew and then the Gentile. So, prayer, care, share. Let's have a look at this video. Praying, caring, and sharing. Sharing, sowing seed, sowing seed, sowing seed, sowing seed, sowing seed, everywhere. I, I went with a friend of mine to a monastery. We decided we'd go to a monastery, have a, like a three-day retreat, spend a lot of time praying and walking and reading the Bible. And uh, uh, we, we, we were housed in the guest house of the monastery and in the guest house, there was about eight other guests and, and my friend Greg and me. We, we arrived tired and we wanted this kind of like, almost like a special sacred retreat. And I didn't want to engage with people. And I said to him, look, we won't engage with people because we want to, you know, protect our time. And uh, so we're at the first meal in the guest house. And uh, one guy, guest, says to another guest... Why have you come here? He says, I've come to the monastery because I've heard that you can find God in places like this. The other guy said, I don't believe it. That's why I've come to the monastery. I've come to find God. Then he says to me, what do you do? <laughs> now, you know, uh, what, 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 what could I say? Well, actually, that's what I do for a living. I introduce people to God. He went, no. I said, yeah, yeah. So we introduced them all to Jesus. Right? Yeah, yeah. But here's, look, here's the point. The point was this. I didn't wake up in the morning thinking, oh, I'm going to a monastery. So I'm going to go and evangelize somebody in the monastery. That's what I'm going to do. No. I'm I'm just normal. I'm just like chilled. I'm just relaxed. I don't like. It's like wherever you go, you carry the presence of the Lord, and wherever it is, you are praying, you're caring, and you're sharing, you're articulating the gospel, and you're trying to respond as the Spirit prompts you. Now, I, I did a mission at Sydney University. And uh, I, spent, I, I went through a phase of doing lots of universities all over the world. And I was at Sydney, and uh, I spoke one meeting, 
at the end of the meeting, someone was asking me a question, and this girl came up, interrupted us rudely, and she said, I hated what you said. I said, oh, I'm really sorry you, you feel that. She said, yes. She says, church ruins people's lives. So I said, oh, I'm really sorry that you, that's what you think. I said, have you got a few minutes? And she's like, why? I said, well, if you've got a few minutes, I said, I'll take you for a coffee. She said, well, I don't know. I said, well, look, you'll have to make up your mind. <laughs> you know, because I'm not going to wait here all day. So tell me. And she said, all right. So we went for a coffee. So I said, look, why, why are you so angry? And it's like, you know, all this vomit comes out. So I said to her, look, why don't you come on Tuesday, hear me speak, and we'll go for coffee. And she goes, ah, oh, I don't know. She came, we went for coffee. So I said, why don't you come Wednesday, hear me speak, and we'll go for coffee. She goes, well, I'll think about it. She came, we went for coffee. I said, why don't you come Thursday, hear me speak, we'll go for coffee. She says, I think I'll come. So she came, went for coffee. I said, why don't you come and hear me Friday, and we'll go for coffee. She said, I'm definitely coming. Friday, converted. Okay, that girl, that girl lives very near here. Her name is Christine Kane. I don't know if you've ever heard of her. She runs a charity called A21 Anti-Human Trafficking. She is a dynamo. She's probably one of the most remarkable I mean, just amazing, just amazing. She travels the world. That what she's doing for anti-human trafficking in Europe is astonishing. Right. But anyway, but here's the point. Here, the point was this. The point was this. Five coffees. <laughs> Five coffees. That did it. That did it. I thought the talks would have done it. <laughs> I mean, they were pretty good talks. Sometimes it takes five talks and five coffees. Sometimes it's a coffee. Sometimes it's a talk. They are all links in the chain. Yeah, I've, I've met Christine Kane, and J. John is absolutely the best person to have witnessed her because Christine's Greek. Okay, so same as J. John. So there was, there was something there to start off with, and Christine Kane uh, became probably the foremost of the Hillsong evangelists. Absolutely dynamic. She has led, I was going to say thousands, but I'm not sure, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people to the Lord. If you've ever been to a Hillsong conference or um, color conference that they hold there, Christine Kane is usually one of, the, one of the speakers. Absolutely brilliant. Five coffees. Five coffees. Just be yourself. Be yourself, because Joe moves in different circles to what I move in. My wife moves in different circles to what I do. Isaac moves in different circles to what I do. Anne, I'm never going to get the chance to, to witness or to be a witness up in the hospital that I know of. But Anne can, because that's where God's put her. So be yourself. Let's have the musicians up, please. Yes, go for it. Come on. Oh, five. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. All right. Um, I lived a part hour for 25 years and surfed a lot. 
There were a bunch of surfers when I first got saved that um, I used to talk to. And one of these guys had hair down to here and, and the others weren't, were just guys. And um, he kept interjecting and adding things. And I said to him, I said, Bill, what's your name, Bill? Bill, are you a Christian? And he said, no, I'm not a Christian. Now, I was a, I was a, um, a wheel in the cog to his salvation. And I said, so how come you, you know all this? He said, well, I've got a friend, Norm Winger, who goes to Great Barry. He lives at Great Barry, and I go over surfing with him. And, and um, there's a fellowship over there in Christian ministry. And he said, I've heard all this stuff, but he said, you know, I don't really believe it. And I said, Bill, you're in a worse place than these guys. I said, you know, and you're more accountable. And just left it at that. Anyway, about um, three weeks later, I get a phone call from Bill in Hamilton, and he's hitchhiking up to Wangarei, and he wants to come out to Pātau, and it's a Sunday, and I'm going to church in Manu Road there, and I said, meet me at church at half past six. Comes to church half past six, sits in the around about here somewhere, and halfway through one of the songs, um, there's a... Um, no, no, the song finished, and there was a prophecy. And the prophecy was, you've stood before me many times. You've heard me many times. How long will you harden your heart? And then we get into the song. And the next minute, Bill is walking up the aisle, um, standing in the front here. There's no altar call, and he's just standing there. And Pastor Thomas said, what do you want? He said, I, God's got me. I need to do something about this. And he gave his life to Christ and got saved. Now, I was just a, a, a wheel in the cog, but this is this sort of sewing thing. And I knew Bill because uh, years later, yeah, years later he was at Hamilton AOG. And uh, yeah, really, really good. So just be yourself. Be yourself wherever God has put you. Be yourself. Uh, back in the day, back in the day, back in the day, uh, when we wanted to share, if we didn't use our testimony, we used uh, a little booklet called Four spiritual laws or step to peace with God. How many knows that? All right. You ones that know it. What was step one? God loves us and got a plan for our life. All right. Um, what was step two? Man's got a problem. Okay. All of us have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Step three, God's remedy. Wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. And step four, man's response. We always had to get that response. All who received him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Very, very simple. Very simple, but um, very powerful way to share the gospel. But start with your testimony. What your life was like before you met God. How, how it happened how he changed you and where you're headed. And God will use you. But start off by praying. Start off by praying. Start off by sharing and then caring. Come on, let's all stand. I think there's one thing that uh, every one of us who are here need and that's more of a passion to see our friends and our neighbours and our workmates and our streets saved. I think all of us need to have God move more powerfully in our lives so that we're more effective as witnesses for Him.
by the nods on people's fa- heads, uh, I know that's true. So, so why don't we just why don't we just bow our heads right now and let, let's just pray and let's just ask God. So, Lord, we we come to you this evening, and Lord, we admit that we're not very good at this witnessing. Lord, we know that if we were better witnesses, this service would be filled with people who don't know you. But God, we're coming to you this evening and we're asking that you would help us, that you would pour out your Holy Spirit on us afresh and fill us with your love and your acceptance and your forgiveness, God, and overflow us with that so that when we go into the workplace, we would naturally exude the Holy Spirit. We would naturally have your love working through us and not just coming to us. So God, we give ourselves to you and we pray that you would just have your way. Have your way in us and have your way through us. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.